Thank you for listening to sermons by Chaplain Braswell. This ministry desires to help people know and live for Christ through the preaching of God's Word. And now, today's message. I wore my uh, winter jacket this morning uh, here in Hawaii, so it says it was, it was kind of cool. So I'm on? Okay, now I'm on. All right. So, um, hey, praise man, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Advent was uh, reading was great. Everything just wonderful this morning. Joy uh, is our Advent word for, for, for this week. Our, our theme for this week, the, the theme of the Advent week of, of joy. Joy to the what is one of the songs we sing? To the world. The Lord has come. The Lord is here. As I've, re- I've kind of read up on joy the past, past few weeks and kind of focused my, my reading on that as I prepare to, to preach this week uh, and, and kind of kind of ramped it up this week as well. But, but kind of reading through the Advent season, anticipating what's going to be preached by the other guys, uh, great sermons uh, by, by the other chaplains uh, this past month, but also uh, preparing my heart for presenting joy. You know, a lot of people are seeking, as I've we're going to come up to Christmas, and then after Christmas, we'll have the New Year's. And, and a lot of people will, will start doing what at New Year's? Having their New Year's resolutions. And, and every every time we look at New Year's resolutions, or you hear all the famous people, right? All the people that are invited to the banquet but don't show up uh, to the, to, the, to God's banquet. The, the people that we look to often are, are, are asked to look to for guidance and for wisdom because they may be great at something, but, but they may not necessarily know the Lord. And they're asked because they're a great singer, or they're a great movie star, or they're a great athlete, or they're a great coach. And they're asked, you know, what's your New Year's resolution for 2023? And without fail, one or two will say, you know, if they get to the heart of the matter, they'll say, I want to be happy. That all the riches, the discovery, as they, as they contemplate and as they are introspective, they realize that all the money in the world and all the fame in the world, for them, does not bring happiness. But I would say to you that it does. That, yeah, a great cup of coffee can make you smile and happy, right? A sunrise here in Hawaii can make you smile and happy. Your team winning a championship may make you laugh or make you happy. But happiness and joy aren't necessarily the same thing. You see, I believe that joy is an outpouring of an infilling. And if you haven't been filled, then there's nothing of joy that's going to come out. Joy is the outpouring of an infilling. If you haven't been infilled with by the by the person of Christ, by the Holy Spirit of God, joy is not at your not a resource for you. You may be happy, you may enjoy that cup of coffee. Anybody can enjoy, enjoy a cup of coffee. Anybody can watch a great team play and say, "Oh, that's my team," and and, and they won. Or anybody can watch a great movie and say, "Oh, that was a great movie. It made me laugh. It gave me happiness." But until you've been infilled by the Holy Spirit, until you've been captivated by the Lord, until you've come under captivity of of Jesus Christ, you can't be experiencing joy. Joy through the world, the Lord has come. So joy arrives in the world, the ability to, to, 
To experience joy arrives in the world through who? Christ infilling this earth. And infilling through salvation you and me. As I look at this passage, I'm going to kind of hit on this 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 song, this poem by Mary as as she goes to see Elizabeth. She says, "My soul, my soul exalts the Lord; my spirit has rejoiced in my God, in in uh, God, my Savior." I'm reading from the New American Standard, so if it's a little bit different than you, that's okay. For He has regarded has regard for the humble state of His bond slave. For behold, from his time on all generations to count me blessed. Joy is the second fruit of the Spirit. If you go back in Galatians, I think it's chapter 5, check my work, Dr. Uh, uh, Galatians 3 or 5 off the top of my head. You, You see all your potential above and then you see the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, then also joy. I was looking for some some uh, a quirky little saying or something with joy. Just you know, go to Google it, right, and see what the Bible, see what the Google says about joy. And so I googled it. Uh, but Compassion International had uh, something on their website about joy uh, that I thought was was kind of neat. And it says, "Joy is a little word. Happiness is a bigger word. Joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. Joy is of the soul. Happiness is of the moment." Joy transcends. Happiness reacts. Joy embraces peace and contentment, waiting to be discovered. discovered. Joy runs deep and overflows while happiness hugs hello. Joy is a, a, a practice and a behavior, a deliberate and intentional. Happiness comes and goes blithely along the way. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endures hardships and trials. It connects with meaning and purpose. A person pursues happiness, but chooses joy. And I say there's two two sides of that coin. I say we choose joy, but I, I say joy in Jesus and who he is has chosen you. So because I know that Jesus has chosen me, then I need to choose to live and work and act in that joy. That overflowing of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. I need to to experience that and and enjoy that and live in that moment by moment. Know that happiness may come and go, but joy is truly eternal. It says this in... um, So my my first point, uh, so salvation... Salvation is the source of joy. What was your favorite Christmas gift ever? You don't have to shout it out, okay? Because you may not remember. But I dare to say that your favorite Christmas gift ever, you're like, man, that was the greatest Christmas. I was 12 years old and I got this. Or that was my greatest Christmas and I was 16 and I got this. Or it was my greatest... Let me ask you, and just like, well, tell me to describe them. Like, well, you know, I ran downstairs and, and it was time to open packages and, and I opened the package and, and I've been hoping for it, hoping for it. And there it was. And, and, and it was it. That was the most wonderful Christmas gift ever in my life. And then I asked the second question. Well, where, where is that gift now? Where, well, I remember it, but 
I, I don't have it anymore. Now, now, let's be true. Some of you that got some things back when you were younger, if you're older like me, if you'd have kept it in its pristine box, it'd be worth triple what it was worth then. You know, that, you know, that Kung Fu uh, action G.I. Joe or whatever that you, that you got when you were 12, you know, years and years ago. But some of your greatest Christmas was an iPhone 5. And it's, I, I don't think it's going to come back like, I don't think an iPhone, iPhone 5 is going to come back like um, uh, records do, right? I, I, think, I think it was like, hey, you know, like your kids are going to say, hey, you know, mom, dad, I really want an iPhone 5. Because it won't be like retro. You know, that's retro. I don't think it's going to happen. My point is this. We love Christmas. We love giving and receiving gifts because Christ is the perfect gift. And we symbolically honor the Lord and praise the Lord through our gift giving because the gift of salvation is eternal gift. And we're to praise him in that. But your favorite gift that you got is probably long, long gone. You see, joy, the gift of Jesus, the salvation through Christ is that gift of salvation, that joy that overflows from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God is where we want us to live. Ephesians, Ephesians 2, uh, uh, 1 through 10, or Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, yes. It says this, and you are dead in your trespasses and sin. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Then this is a great word, a great phrase. But God, being rich in his mercy because of his great love, which he has loved for us, even when we were dead in our transpassion of sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved through faith. You see, this song, this story, this, this poem that, that Mary is saying is, is she is captivated by the joy of, of knowing that she is indwelt with Christ. She is carrying the, the Christ child. But she, this song is a foreshadowing of what's going, to, what's going to happen. If you read Corinthians, it talks about what God already says about you, what's going to be fulfilled in, in, in heaven, the already but not yet. You're already a child of God. You're already part of the family. You're already being, being seen as a saint. You're already being seen as, as, uh, as a person who is a part of the, the family of faith. But you're not yet fully understanding and experiencing all that heaven holds for you. Hebrews 12.2 says this. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And every time I read that passage, for the joy set before him endured the cross. It, it, it literally blows my mind. You see, because this world wants to convince us that, that somehow Jesus was double-crossed and there was a good man and he, was, he died of a terrible death. This world wants to tell us that, that Jesus was a good teacher, but just so happened that he, he made, some, made the, the government rulers upset, so they persecuted, they, they crucified him, they killed him, they murdered him. But the Bible says for the joy, the outflowing of the infilling of the joy, 
Paul says often, make my joy complete. What is he saying there? He's saying, live out that truth that the, the salvation through the cross is, is found in you. That you're living out, that you're experiencing that joy. Joy to the world. For the world, the Lord has come. Now, this is not a TED Talk, and this is not like a, a motivational speech, and this is not, hey, this, you know, um, um, you know, life is good and, 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 and uh, don't worry, be happy. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Trials come. Yeah. There are people in this room that, that have loved ones that are sick. Yeah. There are people in this room who have marriages that are going through a difficult time. Or you have loved ones with a marriage going through a difficult time. There are folks in this room t- today who, who are saying, you know, I've been given a diagnosis that I don't know what to deal with. So this is not about being happy. Nor is it about being miserable. Nor is it about being afraid. Nor is it those things come and go. But our joy is knowing that God chose to come to a virgin, to be born in a stable, to walk among men, to be slapped beaten and spit upon and crucified so that we may be saved. So our temporary time on this earth has some things that are trials and difficulties, but the Lord came and endured that tempted like us not lived a perfect life, sinless life, and died on the cross so that for the joy, Hebrews 12, 2, I love this passage, for the joy set before him. And that, I, I, I can't speak for the Lord. I don't know what's going on in his mind. I don't know why uh, Paul necessarily entirely, uh, or, or the, the writer of Hebrews entirely wrote this, this passage, the joy set before him, he endured the cross, but let's kind of put our dad hat on. Let's put our dad hat on. Let's put our mom hat on for a minute. What have you ever done that was super difficult, but you did it with joy because you knew the outcome was going to be better for your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, your family? Was you was going to hurt. You knew it was going to be difficult. You knew it was going to be Anxiety involved in it, but you did it because you knew already the outcome. Maybe I'm way off base, base and, and Dr. Browser may correct me later, but, but here's what I'm saying. We refuse to embrace the concept that God loves you enough that he came in, in, into this smelly stable to be born. Some say it was a cave. I don't know. Probably so. To be born of a virgin to grow up as a child, to be betrayed, slapped, and crucified. He did that, and it gave him great joy because he wants to be in fellowship with you. Joy is the outpouring of an infilling. Second point. i got to move. Yeah, we're good. Exaltation is the purpose of joy. 
Salvation is a source of joy. Exaltation is the purpose of joy. Jesus said of himself. What did Jesus say of himself? He said, I am that I am. I'm your God. I am the light of the word of the world. I am your guide. I am the bread of life. I'm your sustainer. I am the door. I'm the entry point. The protector of the entry point. I am the good shepherd. Owner, sustainer, provider. I am the resurrection. Defeater of death, hell, and the grave. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. I am the salvation. He also said, I am the vine. The vine. See, we endure the hardships because we're grafted in the vine. We endure the hardships because we have a keeper of the door. We endure the hardships because we have a shepherd who's watching over us. We endure the hardships of life because we know he is the bread of life. He says this, so not only is he the source of joy, salvation is, the exaltation is the purpose of joy. Philippians chapter 2 says this, well, let me, let me read the Luke passage. He says in, in uh, verse 50, she says this, His mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who have fear in him. He has done mighty deeds in, uh, with his arm. He scatters those who are proud in the thoughts of their hearts and has brought down the rulers from their thrones. He has exalted those who are humbled. He has filled the hungry with good things. Mary is, pro is proclaiming what God has done and will do, do, will do through Christ. She's exalting him. Exaltation is the purpose of joy. So if salvation is the source of joy, we, it is the outflowing of, of, sal, of indwelling is joy. What are we supposed to do with it? We're supposed to exalt and glorify God. As we look at what Christ says about himself, or who he is as the good shepherd, as who he is as, as, the, as the vine, as, as who he is as the door, as who he is as the bread, as who he, all these things. We exalt who the Lord is in our life. Whereas I don't do that to get favor from God. I do that because I have favor from God. Whereas I don't exalt and praise God because I want Him to hear me. I exalt and praise God because He indwells me. I don't praise God and listen to it because I want to influence and sway Him. I exalt and praise God or should exalt and praise God because He has influenced and swayed me. I'm not painting God in a corner so He'll just... You know, get me the promotion or, or get me to Hawaii. Or, wait a minute, he got us here anyway. Or get us the next great job or get us the next great thing or get us the next great clothes or get us the iPhone 14 or 17 or whatever we are now. I'm not trying to paint God and, 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 and bribe him with my praise, my exaltation. The exaltation is the outflow of the indwelling of joy. And the mistake we often make, let me back up one verse. He says, my spirit rejoices, Savior, he is regarded the humble, the state of his bond slave. Um, has done great things for me, his holy name, and his mercy upon generation after generation for those who fear him. He exalted those who were humble. I'm going to say something that, that, that may be controversial, may upset you, okay? I'm trying to offend you. But anytime we see in Scripture that says, you know, the humble of the heart, the, the weak, the poor, but that the, the poor may 
may, may uh, come to faith, which we're supposed to reach, like it says in this in this passage. He said, fill the, good, hungry, fill, fill the hungry with good things. He sent away the rich empty-handed. Can I make a statement? We're the rich in this in this passage. We're the rich in this passage. Our country, our economy, we, we make, if we want to talk about worldly things, we make more, have more than any generation, any country, any place. So, so I think that's sometimes my spoiledness, as, as I'll just speak for myself, as a believer. And some of you may have, have, have grown up under difficult circumstances. You say, that doesn't speak for me. So I'm not speaking for you. I'm speaking for me. I wasn't affluent growing up, but I never wanted for anything. So, so I don't have that concept of necessarily that what, uh, Mary, who comes on the stage, who's going to marry a carpenter or, or a brick mason or, or, or whatever Joseph was and raise a... a a child in Bethlehem. Or to this concept of why would God do that? Why would God come and indwell me, just a lowly servant of him? I think we miss that. Why would it was this, this concept of, of Mary in this song is saying, why would God consider me? And I think sometimes we lose that. Why would God consider us? Sometimes we may be, well, why not? I got it good. I got air conditioning. I got a home. I got this. I got that. But in this passage, sometimes I think we have a tendency to be the rich who would just walk away from God and all he has to offer. God has nothing to offer me. I'm good. But the thing about it is this. Life happens and things happen and, and, and things come along our way. Now, Warren Wiersbe in his book on Philippians talks about his title, Joy. He said there's four things that can rob or try to steal at our joy. So if joy is the outflowing of an infilling, if joy is a reflection on all the things that Christ does for us, if joy is that opportunity to, 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 to see what God is, has done, is doing, is going to do, as it's said in this song, this, this prayer, this poem of Mary, there's always that war towards it, right? Something try to rob it and steal it. He says there's four things that uh, try to rob our joy. Circumstances. The circumstances of life. We kind of addressed that before. Now, I, I'm telling you that, that yes, we, we all, many of you have been through difficult times and, and maybe in a difficult situation today. And I acknowledge that. But the resolution is not just to be happy or just to have peace or just all these other things. It's, it's where is our joy found? Where is it from? And that's through the infilling of Christ. Through the salvation through Christ himself. Our circumstances can rob our joy. And I would say not rob it as in take away from it, but rob it in the sense of us not expressing it, living in it. But you, many of you, are great testimonies of faith because you have been through difficult times. You have been the person with the terrible diagnosis 
and everybody comes around you and they, they don't know what to say. Like, what, what do you say to somebody who's, who's had a terrible diagnosis? Like, I, I don't know what to say. I don't want to upset them. I, and and they, they shuffle into your room, right? And they, they kneel down by your bed and it's like, oh, it's going to be okay. And, and you say, stop. Because you've said it. I've heard the testimonies of, of, of the people. They say, stop. I serve a risen Savior. Stop. I'm okay. It's going to be all right. I have a peace that surpasses all comprehension that guards my heart. So stop. Second thing can rob your joy is people. Maybe you say the same thing that, that, that I say. Humans have no problem with it. It's people that drive me a little crazy. right? It's people. But am I trying to convince somebody of something, or am I trying to live in something? So I, I, I've kind of gave a when I, when I was early in ministry, I would preach sermons in a way to try to convince them. I'd just kind of act like the audience either didn't care or didn't believe, and I try to convince them of, of the glory of God and what God was doing and and all the great things God was doing, just trying to convince them. I, I put that aside years ago. I'm just going to proclaim that Jesus is Lord, and He is risen, and He's our Savior. And he dwells those who want to know him. And he wants you to serve him and he loves you. You can latch onto that or not, but I'm going to proclaim him. You know, and that's kind of how I I, I kind of live this life. I try to. Is that there is a people, right? I say that in one purpose. There's a people out there. And you can PCS from here from that people when you go to another place and they have cousins. And those people work there too. Or they got a niece or a nephew or an uncle. Now I say that tongue in cheek, but somebody just like the person that you left from and people can rob your joy. But where's your joy found? Your joy is found in knowing Christ and knowing him as a savior. Third thing he says can uh, rob us of our joy are things. We kind of addressed that earlier. Are things. Trying to make something last there's nothing wrong with nice things I, I like nice things and there are a couple of things I'm coveting right now I'm trying to put away but guess what no matter how shiny it is or how beautiful it is it's going to rust and it's going to fade away things so we get great presents but guess what they'll be forgotten but it's a symbol it's an act we do to point to the gift through salvation of Jesus Christ. The last thing he says are, is, is worry. Is worry. I, I can be a worry wart. Something said, I, I kind of dwell on it and work on it, and, and, and it always comes back to, kind of like the, the person I've talked about in, in the, uh, in the um, hospital that I've dealt with. It's the, the, the capacity to bring you back. I was listening to a testimony on, on like a pie class the other day, and it was it was talking about how it's, it's odd, isn't it? Someone's going through a terrible time, or they're going through terrible worry, or they're going through a, a terrible time in their marriage, or they're going through a terrible time at work, or they're going through a terrible time um, physically. And sometimes we don't know what to say because we think we're going to bring in the, the trite but true, you know, well, just trust the Lord, brother. I mean, 
and on the outside, I'm looking at that thinking, OK, if, if, if I have a difficulty coming along, I don't want Dan Brassel to come to my to my office or to my bedside and say, well, trust the Lord, brother. But when you're in it. And when you're going through it. The scripture reminder of the goodness of God is what brings life. And I don't understand it. I don't understand the psychology of it. Dan, you can help me with that. But on the outside looking, I'm thinking, I don't hear your trite but true phrases. I don't hear trust God, brother. I don't hear that right now. But when I'm in it, and that brother or sister in the Lord, or my wife, or my daughter, or a friend comes alongside of me and says, brother, the Lord has this and he has you. And it causes me to reflect on that joy that is found in Christ. Because the indwelling causes an outflowing that I can meet anything. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Last thing. Salvation is the source of joy. Exaltation is the purpose of joy. Adoration is the plan for joy. Revelation chapter 7 says this. Verse 9, after these things I looked and behold the great multitude which no one could count from every nation, all tribes, and people's tongues standing before the throne of the, uh, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, palm branches were in their hands. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they all fell on their faces before the throne, worshipped God and saying, Amen, blessings and glory and wisdom to thanksgiving and honor and power and might. Be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And then one of the elders answered saying to me, those who are clothed in white are the, the robes of those who have where they come from. And I said to him, my Lord, you know, he said to me, these are the ones who have come to the great tribulation and they have washed their robes and made them white in blood of the lamb. For this reason they have before the throne of God, they have served him day to day, night in his, temp in his temple, and they have sit on the throne spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no longer, thirst any more, nor will the sun beat down on them any heat. The lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of water of life. And God will wipe every tear from their eye. 55 through, uh, 50, uh, 54 through 55, or 55 says this in Luke chapter 1. And he has given help to Israel, his servant. In remembrance, in remembrance of his mercy, and he has spoke to their fathers, Abraham and his descendants forever. Adoration is the plan for joy. Salvation in dwelling, outpouring for joy. Exaltation, a living a life, the exalting God and living, lifting God up and lifting the Lord Jesus up, even through difficulty and trials. And then finally, adoration is the plan for joy. I don't know what heaven is going to be like. I get glimpses of it in Revelation. I get glimpses of it throughout Scripture. But but I know this. The, the Christmas carol says, come let us adore him. And we start with adoring him. We continue to adore him, adore him or exalt him. But I guarantee you one thing we will do in heaven is we will, we will see it 
with new eyes and we'll say we'll adore him forever and ever. And I don't know what that, somebody's like, well, you know, chaplain, only, I can only hand, handle three praise songs in, in chapel every Sunday. That's, that's about my max. You know, then i got to get back in the car and listen to some 70s rock or whatever. Okay. But, but I'm telling you. That's a, Dan and I understand that. Uh, uh, I, I'm telling you. When you see, when you see all that the Lord did that you may know him and be with him for eternity, it won't be hard to adore him. When you see the price that was paid, when you see the comparison of glory to earth of where he traveled, when you see the the awe and respect and adoration of, of all of heaven, all the saints of old, all the great people of old, all your friends of old, all your family of old, who are adoring him, you will you will not be lacking for words to adore him. But I encourage you to do something. Get some practice in now. Experience him now. Maybe you're here today. You're like, hey, chaplain, I, I just came to chapel because it's Christmas and my husband, wife, son, daughter, friend made me. And I don't know anything about this Jesus stuff or, you know, I'm, I've kind of been, I've been tracking on YouTube or listening to my different Instagram people and they've convinced me this is all a bunch of junk. Let me give you this challenge. Yeah, you can live a life that has seasons of happiness. You can. You can live a life with seasons of happiness. In seasons of, of doubt, seasons of depression. You can. Let me ask you to consider joy. Let me ask you to consider the indwelling of God through the person of Jesus Christ in your life so that joy can outflow from the infilling of him. Let me ask you to put in charge of your life, not yourself, but the good shepherd, the vine, the keeper of the door, the way. Let me ask you to put him in charge. Let me ask you to, to, to say, Lord, I, I give my life to you. And I don't understand it. Does it make sense to me? But what I'm trying is not working. And what I want to try you. I'll ask you to consider that. Let me ask you to give that gift to the Savior of your own life. And give it to him. Believers, One of the great things about being together in a congregation and in work and every day is we, we make our joy complete. In other words, we, we make it come to, to life. Because different times I may be living my life and, and thinking, well, you know, my team lost or my, you know, I had a flat tire or I didn't get that thing I wanted or I had this argument with my child or my, my, my wife or whatever happened, circumstances of life. And I, I'm living in happiness, not in the dwelling of the joy. And then you 
are exalting him in your life. And that reminds me, makes my joy complete, as Paul says. It brings my joy to fruition. So I ask us, there's, there's one of two of us in here. The ones who need to consider the indwelling of, of that joy. To make a place for him. That he may indwell in your life. Take yourself off that throne. Let him sit on that throne. Let the creator of this world. The perfecter of salvation. Let him be in charge. Of your life. And then there's also the worst, the person who says. Yeah I'm a Christian. I'm following Christ. Let's live a life of. Exaltation. And let's get practiced. In adoring him and who he is. I love seeing you out on the campus of this of this uh, this chapel, but the campus of this uh, facility, this this um, Schofield Barracks, because you encourage my soul. Could you smile at me and say, "Hey, Chaplain, how you doing?" I'm like, hey, I'm great. How are you? And, and about 33.3 percent of the times, I'm lying. Cause I may be having a hard time, but you smile and you tell me about your story. You tell me what Christ is doing in your life. You tell me how he's lifted up in your life. You tell me the victory that this comes in your life through him, the healing that's coming in your life, overcoming the struggle in your life even through him. And you make my joy complete. You bring it back to the surface. So I ask you to do that, each and every one of you. That we'll, we'll commit this year, this time, to encourage one another, make our joy complete in him. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity just to open your word. To understand this joy that is found in you. And to be honest, uncomprehendable. An inability to fully comprehend what that joy is about. So we ask you, Lord, for anyone in this room that needs to make a place and our, our own perception is, is our place, our heart, the way we lived our life is no better than a stable. Lord, you will come and dwell and clean up and improve. So I ask, Lord, that you give us the courage to ask you to come into our life and be our Savior, even in this Christmas season. And us as believers, Help us to have the outflow, allow the outflow of the indwelling being joy. Help us to adore you. Help us to exalt you each and every day. For us in Christ's name I pray. Amen.